Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Undiluted Truth, coming to you from All Seasons Tabletop Studio. Today's episode is more shocking facts from a world-renowned doctor. So don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, guys. And thank you again for joining us. We do appreciate it. And you've already heard him speaking over here. So let me go ahead and welcome in our host, Mike. Yes. Thank you, Ben. And welcome to all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't help myself. I've just got a comment, you know, but in all honesty, (laughs) the professional or or the world renowned, uh, obviously a professional scientist, biologist, doctor, Mm -hmm. Geert Bosch, excellent interview with, Dell Bigtree, he's just about to wrap up, but another good question. Dell asked him some really good questions on oh, this. Oh, yeah, I like and those. Yeah, you can tell that Geert likes what he does because he really gets into his answers. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. you know, the, the things that uh, that he has to share are very stunning. Hey, we don't want to we, we don't want to keep these uh, these listeners, these rock tumblers waiting, so. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So now we've talked about the natural immune system in a natural world with no vaccines involved. What would have happened? You you predict essentially somewhere around a year in, we would have seen a real just decline into, you know, a stasis, not necessarily having eradicated the virus from the planet, but have found a balance with it where we have enough immunity and enough people that keep it in check, our immune systems that it really can't. Turn it, you know, it, it's, it's stopped being a pandemic. Yeah. What would have been a one year, clear we're past one year, we are still having issues uh, with this virus that appear, and we hear about variants and mutations and these things. What was it about the vaccine that appears to have elongated maybe, or how does the vaccine change that experience or that outcome? Mm. Well, as mm-hmm. I uh, mentioned uh, right from the beginning, and I'm, I'm just going to repeat this because this is literally what I said at the very, very beginning and what will lead to the explanation to your question. I'm just going to jump in here real quick. The beginning that he was talking about was in March. Of this year or it, last it, year? It was this year. In 20, oh, this year, yeah, 2021? So, I mean, well, I mean, my goodness, we're in December, so we're, we're, I know, we're, right? we're getting up on about a year. You know, this so, is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. so this is true. But yeah, that's what he was talking about. So he, he he's like, well, look, I'm, I'm, my, my warning went out, my concerns went out. So that oh, that, at the beginning, towards the beginning of the vaccines. Yes. What, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Here we go. Never ever, never ever, use vaccines that do not induce sterilizing immunity. So to your point, that cannot prevent infection. Never ever use this type of vaccines to do mass vaccination, mass vaccination in the midst of a pandemic. If you get infected normally, and we're not talking about a pandemic, you get infected. There is a viral load, of course, due to the infection, right? And then almost after you have transmitted the virus, very often it's, it's, it's like this. The antibodies start to mount. So the antibodies, the peak is reached after the bulk of the viral, viral replication has already taken place. So that means these antibodies that you generate, 
can no longer put this virus under pressure. It's already gone almost by the time these antibodies mount. If you are now vaccinating people during a pandemic, that means that the antibodies are mounting while they can be confronted with the virus. There you start to put immune pressure on the virus. So these combinations of doing massively, putting massively, having a population that massively, because you do mass vaccination, put pressure on the virus, combined with vaccination programs that are conducted in the midst of a pandemic, this can only lead to natural selection of the fittest. And because many people are in a similar situation, this will be this variant that then can overcome the pressure will, of course, be enriched in the population and it will ultimately become the dominant variant. And you can see many studies have been done. I have a study here of, from Canada where they introduced mass vaccination uh, and in August they had 50% of the Delta variant uh, circulating. One month later, they had 100% was Delta. So we have never ever been saying that these more infectious variants uh, were generated by the vaccines or by mass vaccination. No, they were already circulating. They existed already. But what mass vaccination has done, it has within a short time frame generated an excellent breeding ground for these more infectious variants so that now their propagation has exploded as a result of the mass vaccination. I have an analogy for this. Mm. I've been thinking about a lot. I want to run it by you. <laughs> Let's say oh um, in terms of sort of the vaccine, like this idea of, you know, it's not that it's mutating. It's not like it's like growing arms and legs and things like that. It's that you're just selecting a variant that's already there, but it wasn't the popular one. It wasn't the dominant variant. The dominant was the more mild, the wild form type. of the illness. So mm. in my analogy, imagine you're a scuba diver and you're going swimming and you're swimming in the ocean and there's killer whales in the ocean. Now, the killer whales we know rarely attack human beings, but on a, on a rare occasion, they've been known to be hungry and decide to attack a human being. There's also sharks in the ocean Sharks, we know, love to attack human beings and do it all the time. They're much more dangerous to human beings. But killer whales outcompete sharks in the situation with killer whales. They, they can eat a shark, so you don't usually find sharks and killer whales in the same water. But if the swimmer, the scuba diver, decides I'm afraid of the killer whales and that rare risk that I could be killed by them, so the, the swimmer kills the killer whales, wipes them out, what you do is you take away Your that protection. environment where mm -hmm. they're out competing the sharks. Now the sharks come in because there's no killer whales around. And now the sharks become dangerous to the scuba diver. Much, much more dangerous. They're the more dangerous variant. Now, all we have left is sharks. And now all of us are in danger of getting to the water. Is that yeah. sort of... Yeah, the analogy <laughs> would even be better if, you, if one would say the scuba diver is using a weapon that can only kill, uh, you know, killer the, whales. Uh, the, the killer yeah. whales. Okay. Uh, so the weapon, the, the immune system, so to say, doesn't work for the, for the sharks. Got it, it only works for the killer whales. So, so it, he's firing with a weapon under, underwater, but that mm. weapon doesn't work for the sharks. It only works for the killer whales. And that weapon is the immune system, of course. Yes. The sharks right. can resist.
the killer whales cannot resist, right? Yeah. And so your concern is that the more we vaccinate, the more we're wiping out a virus our bodies could really handle fairly easily, except for a small few, and now selecting for a much more dangerous virus. And this, this process keeps going. Now, um, I want to play a clip uh, by um, uh, a guy named Z-Dog, does an internet talk show, and he interviewed a very famous um, doctor here, uh, Dr. Paul Offit. I guess he's a virologist. He's invented uh, uh, vaccines or made vaccines. I'm not sure if you've ever come in contact with Paul Offit. No, he's, well, he's, he's very well known because he wrote, uh, is, uh, is one of the editors of um, the most uh, famous uh, vaccine book eh, together with uh, Stan Plotkin and uh, Walt Ornstein. So, right. Uh, yeah, you cannot, you cannot not know him. <laughs> okay, so he's a big deal. So, I mean, this would, be, this would be an equal peer. He's asked about your theory on pressuring the virus and making it deadly, uh, and, and this whole thing that you've been very worried about. This is what he had to say in this interview. There's a guy, Gert von den Boscha. Have you heard about this guy? Yeah, so apparently a virologist in Europe has his premise, and you can maybe uh, explain it better than me, is that, Oh, you know, by by vaccinating during a pandemic, we're putting pressure on the virus to emerge vaccine escape variants and that we've primed our immune system. Therefore, follow up vaccines won't be very effective. Uh, something along those lines, um, to paraphrase. He's pretty close. Uh, am, am I paraphrasing that right? And what do you think about this? Because I mean, it, it has a grip on the public, this uh, idea. I, I just I, I with what evidence? I mean, you have, for example, what can I going to say? So you have measles, for example. We've had a measles vaccine since the early 1960s. Measles is like, like this virus, a single-stranded RNA virus. Measles, like this virus, does mutate. Nonetheless, despite 60 years of measles vaccine, we have not seen strains generated that resist, um, that resist immunity from vaccination. I mean, flu is different. Flu mutates on a daily basis. I mean, that, that virus is a moving target. Okay, I'm going to stop this guy real quick. Uh, this is good. Because you almost have a debate going on, you know, yeah. through through these guys aren't in the same room. But right. I'm I'm thinking already, right. what is the difference in a uh -huh. measles vaccine and 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 this and, and this spike protein vaccine? Right. Well, first of, first of all, the the measles vaccine was attenuated. Uh -huh. It had part of the actual, actual virus. Yeah. This one doesn't. This one is telling your body to make a right. spike protein, hoping that your body will will get to know it and pass that memory on to your cells so that when it comes in again, it recognizes it and boom, 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 takes care right. of it. Well, we both know the problem with that is, is that it's only recognizing one spike. You well, know, well, it's yeah. only recognizing, you know, the, you know, not a variant. Now, now I've got you a know. quick question based off of what we just said. Uh, so what, what if the vaccine made your body well, you're creating the spike protein, but not recognize one of the spikes, but recognize the spike protein. Is the virus that's coming in a spike protein virus? Because then if you were recognizing a spike protein, just a spike protein, if it's not natural to the body, then you're going to look at all the variants. But if, if you follow what I'm saying, but well, I, don't, I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's memory specific. Yeah. It's memory right. specific. But the problem now is, I mean, if you're yeah. getting vaccinated now, see, the, the vaccination now is still for the wild-type vaccine, meaning the original. <laughs> and 
truth be known, that really? that virus is long gone. Right. I mean, you know, you're not getting there's you're not getting vaccinated for uh, uh, Delta or Omnic, uh, you know, Omnic, Omnicron or Imicron. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. yeah Fauci, Fauci's yeah. Fauci's Imicron. Uh, 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 but you know, that's the thing. But we're gonna let we're gonna let uh, this uh, this uh, Doctor Offit. Uh, continue, and we'll get okay. uh, Gert's response here. Yeah, This virus also mutates, but much slower than, say, influenza does. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, the notion that we're, we're that, that, you know, you're creating a, a you're, you're, you've created a population, either from natural infection or immunization, that is likely to have several years of, of protection. That's a good thing. Uh, and, likely, and although this virus may mutate to the point that it escapes recognition by current immunity from vaccination or immunization, then you come up with a second generation vaccine. That, that's what you do. I, I don't think that's going to happen, actually. I think that the virus is, there's probably been already about 12,000 mutations on this virus already. I mean, it's, and, and I think you, you may get to the point if they're resisting all immunity, or meaning, meaning that you're, it's as if you never got the vaccine, you never got naturally infected. I think that's probably a lethal mutation. Yeah. So in other words, you're kind of running the runway out on the virus's ability to change right. itself. Lethal yeah. to the virus, not lethal to us. Right? That's right. Lethal to the virus. Right. Um, and and so within that parameter, then I think, again, it's another compelling reason to just go and get vaccinated now. So he says <laughs> okay, here you're we wrong. He, wow. as we just heard, said that um, that just like measles, this is a, you know, single strand virus that uh, we will achieve immunity the same way that we did with measles. He says the flu is obviously does have uh, more, like it mutates faster every day, he said, but coronavirus not as fast. Uh, I find it sort of ironic that at the end, he says it's already, you know, um, mutated 12,000 times. Or there's 12,000 <laughs> exactly. variants or something. At least to a, a lay person, that sounds like a lot, but I don't know. But what about it? I mean, in the end, he says you're going to have immunity for several years. And should there be another variant, all we'll have to do is make a new vaccine to deal with that variant, and we're good to go. Why is, why, I mean, that seems to be the thinking of almost every, you know, scientist working for governments around the world. Why do you, where do you differ with that perspective? Good question. Well, I mean, uh, the conditions, my, remember my, the sentence that I just repeated, which was really my concern and which was already in my first, the first call that I made, conditions are not fulfilled. Have you ever seen mass vaccination across all age groups against measles? No, not, I mean, <laughs> I, not that I know, because what I, what I think about point. measles. We vaccinate children, we vaccinate children against right. measles. And why do we do this? Because ch uh, measles is a childhood disease. And basically, remember, remember about the innate antibodies. Mm -hmm. If the infectious pressure, you, you probably know that measles is very, very infectious. It's amongst one of the infectious viruses yes, uh, yes. We, we know. So it breaks immediately through the innate immunity. So if you don't come with a vaccine, you, can't, you, you cannot stop this thing. Second, what I also said, is never ever vaccinate with vaccines that do not block transmission <laughs> during a pandemic of a highly mutable virus. I mean, measles is not a highly mutable virus, it can be an RNA virus, but it's not a highly mutable virus. 
influenza is. And I bet you, if you would do exactly the same with influenza, so conditions need to be fulfilled, you have a pandemic, you start to do mass, mass vaccination with vaccines that cannot block transmission, you will end up with exactly the same situation. Mm -hmm. So people are comparing things that are not just comparable. I hear people saying all the time, why don't we have this with flu, etc., etc.? We have herd immunity with flu. <laughs> and so from time to time, right. immunity weakens, and then mm -hmm. you have a breakthrough. But guess what? I mean, as soon as the flu starts to spread, it encounters either young people who have very good innate immunity, who will block the virus and who will even eliminate the virus, or you have people who have previously been ill and have mounted long-lived uh, antibodies against the flu that, or even, that even have broad spectrum very often, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a completely, a completely different situation. We have never been doing mass vaccination of measles. Apples I, and I mean, uh, the, across all age groups. Okay, mm -hmm. so you're saying that essentially measles, we never, and this is shocking, I think, to a lot of people because we don't really think about this. And I've, I've, I've watched you speak so many times that it's now uh, sinking in that <laughs> measles, as an example, had already gone through a very big spike. It was very deadly early on, right? And it was already sort of our natural immune systems had and just to let you know, uh, I'm going to just interrupt. I mean, when he said it was very deadly, the measles goes back to early 1900. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah. it was in the 20s, 30s, 40s, it was going crazy. And, of course, I got the measles in, like, 1964, okay. somewhere around it. And, and, and then, you know, we weren't vaccinated for measles. We were, you know, the, the idea was to— because we were kids, our immune system was so strong with innate immunity, we fought it off. It was kind of right. it, it was kind of heavy, you know. I mean, when I say heavy, it, you, you got sick, yeah. but you got over it and and you moved on. But that's you know, but it was it was highly infectious. I mean, when you wanted your other siblings to get it, it was real easy. Just just get them in the same room and bang, you know, uh, you could infect a couple of uh, children at a time, which made it easier for parents to care for them, and that's what mm. they did back then. So. Uh, okay. We'll move on here a bit. Uh, don't have much more. Brought it down. The death rate was way, way down. By, I think, 1960, uh, in America, one in 500,000 people in America died of the measles every year. So very, very low death rate. I think that if, of the infected, it was something like one in 10,000, if I'm right, or something like that, of, of people that caught it. Now, then we started the vaccine program. We started the vaccine after really all the all the elderly, all of our parents, all of the you know even the youth had already had immunity. So That's all right. you needed to do yeah. was to vaccinate the new entries, the children, mm -hmm. uh, before they got it. And they said, "Look, it works. We have herd immunity." But they were really relying on that naturally acquired herd immunity that was being carried by the entire planet. Yep. Prior to yeah. vaccination, correct? Excellent. Okay. Exactly. So you vaccinate in such a situation, it's the, the rule is very simple. You only vaccinate the vulnerable people. So in some cases, the vulnerable people are the children. In other cases, like SARS-CoV-2, the vulnerable people are uh, elderly. the elderly. So right. in other words, the answer to your question is, I do not rule out that if in case we would have done this, as you were just explaining, with measles, 
really mass vaccination across all age groups when measles came in as a new virus that we might have seen the same, the same problem occurring. Mm-hmm. You, you understand what I'm explaining? Yes, I, I understand that. Now, my last question on the measles uh, comparison by Paul Offit. You said that this vaccine we're using for SARS-CoV-2 is only prophylactic. It really only protects the person from severe disease. It does not neutralize the virus. Does the measles vaccine neutralize measles or is it similar in that it only reduces symptoms? Well, it will, it, uh, the measles vaccine, because this is, of course, the other, the other difference. Eh? We have not even been, been talking about this. People talk about vaccines as if they were all based on the same principle. Right. We need to distinguish between live vaccines and subunit or killed or whatever. But live vaccines, that is, of course, very, very important because what will happen with a live vaccine is that you will have also strong stimulation of your innate immunity mm-hmm. that can induce indeed sterilizing, sterilizing immunity, right? Yeah. So innate immunity can, be, uh, can indeed be sterilizing. But that does not mean that you will eradicate measles, for example. Same, same, we had the same with polio. Remember, polio was a live attenuated vaccine. Did we eradicate polio? We didn't. We came close to it, but, but we didn't. Because you can still have transmission by asymptomatic people, for, for example. So you will control it much more easily. Why? Why will you control it much more easily with a live vaccine? Because you will have a lot of innate immune stimulation that sterilizes. I, we were just talking about innate immunity, how yeah. effective it is. Yeah. Because in contrast right now with the vaccines and with the antibodies that cannot control the infection and the transmission, innate immunity can. That is why this innate immunity is so super efficient. So if you now have <laughs> a virus, a live virus that can do this, it will be much more efficient. Okay, so in Paul Offit's comparison, He's really, these are really apples and oranges. You have uh, what we believe to be a, you know, a highly mutable disease in the SARS-CoV-2 and a less mutable disease in, in, in measles. At least- okay, yeah. He, he used the same analogy I did, as apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think that's the problem. So you're going to hear, and, and, and I, I like the fact that he brought someone in. This is another doctor, another a doctor that, that appears on other shows, the guy that was interviewing him was a doctor. So you had two doctors, and they just totally misrepresent the vaccine and and, and the way it's put out. And right. I mean, Van and Bosch goes through this. I'm not, well, I'm not even sure they really understood what Van and Bosch was really saying in no. their response either. So no, I, I, they obviously didn't. But uh, so I think that's a problem been with with a lot of what we hear even you know in our own communities you know we'll hear yeah. a, a friend say well my doctor said or i played golf with this doctor and he said these things are done by the you know the smartest guys in the room and they're safe and and so forth right. and so on yeah. but i don't think you know, we're talking about when we say world renowned with dr Gert van vanderbosch and he's not the only one you know and i'll mm-hmm. just go ahead and and plug dr robert malone who is the right. architect of the mRNA, and he's he's like, we need to stop this stuff, yeah. you know. And keep in mind, a good time to mention that we've got 
upper sides of uh, of 13,000 worldwide doctors and scientists and professionals that have signed a declaration that want something done here. Yeah. And and not just want something done, but they want people that blocked treatment for this uh, for the so-called virus charged with crimes against humanity. Uh-huh. So it's not and and that's a problem when you you got pockets, little pockets in our communities where the, they don't understand what Dr. Vandenbosch is saying. And you know what? It's, yeah. it, it really is. I mean, Dell has been around vaccines. Really and, I, for, for, and I believe both Dr. Malone and Vandenbosch, I believe both of them have signed that declaration. They have. I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, both I, thought, of them I thought both of them had. Yes. That's why I mentioned. So, you yeah. Know, they right. both agree. Uh-huh. And and they're not anti-vaxxers. Right. They're, you know, he was he was perfect because he's like, it depends on what the kind of virus it is and, and how infectious and how transmittable right. exactly. and, and, and yeah. how it mutates. I mean, you can't just, and that's the problem. They're blanketing, well, we did it with the measles and we did, well, he did, he nailed that one, I think, in his first sentence when he said, well, did we vaccinate adults for the measles? Yeah, because I've heard some people say, well, <laughs> no, well, you know, a vaccine is supposed to work, and they and they reference the measles or polio, and I understand that. Big, but then those same people are saying, "Have you ever heard of the of measles again or polio?" Well, according to him, it didn't exactly eradicate it. No, there are some cases that still come up, but they're very rare. Yes, because of the way they did those vaccinations. But and and that's part of what we're talking about and yep. what he's talking about is the method the, the how they did the vaccine not just the vaccine itself right. because yeah. there's there's two parts there's the vaccine and then how they did the vaccination yes is basically what we're saying right it, it is and there's two things and van yeah. van and Bosch says well you know uh, and the question might be to anyone that, that brings that up would be well how many how many people that have had the the measles vaccine still get the measles Right, uh, yeah. according to what they're saying here, none. Right, and, and exactly. important. Dell brought up the fact that just around 1960, herd natural herd immunity had pretty much zeroed it out. What do you say? One out of every 500,000 people were were being infected or, or dying. Yeah, 500 or I think it was 500,000. I, right. I believe that's what it was. Yeah. basically it was it was a non-existent, and then a couple of years later they start the vaccine. So, so your vaccine, yeah. So you're vaccinating after a pandemic has already, yes. essentially gotten to herd immunity, right? And now you're vaccinating, like Geert was saying, the vulnerable. Yes, and the vulnerable so who, were the, the people kids. that were left were the kids, yeah. right? Exactly. And now, anybody alive had pretty much already yeah, had it. Yeah, and right. with this, in this vaccine, yeah. we we should be so-called vaccine. We should be same thing, giving it to the vulnerable. Yeah, but the problem right. is, is whether you give it to the vulnerable or not, they're still transmitting and they're still getting the virus. Right, because this one isn't blocking. Be, be, according because to it's the, not alive. It's not blocking it, the transmission. It's, well, it's not or alive either yeah. way, really. Yeah, either it, either way. Yeah, I, I exactly. Mean, from what because I get it, from yeah, it, it's not a live attenuated. Yeah, virus. I mean, a, 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 a vaccine. Vaccine, right? It's got to be. So, so it, yeah. you can't yeah. you can't compare these things. I mean, it's you know. I, just, apples, but apples and oranges are still both fruit. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> try Sorry. try eating them together in one bite. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> as I digress, but yeah. I just had this right. this this epiphany. Sort of, it's we're sitting here uh-huh. 
talking yeah. and explaining how this stuff works, and you got two doctors over here that don't get it. I mean, what's wrong with that picture? I mean, I don't have I, I don't have my my medical license. You well, know, I, well, I'm wondering if the other. I've only I've only put in about fourteen hundred hours of uh, of yeah. looking at this stuff. That's well, it. <laughs> oh wow! And, and, and yeah. so, but, but I mean, think about that. Just well, what's going on here? Well, I'm wondering. Just listening to that little short clip that Dell played, it's it's almost as if the host, whoever that guy was, I forget his name. He was a doctor. I don't remember his uh, name. Well, the host, Doctor Z, the host was, and yeah, both both. Oh, were. they're both doctors. Yeah. Oh both. wow, that's why you said too. Yeah. Oh. Well, I didn't realize they were both doctors, yeah. but okay, well then my my thought may may not hold weight, but my, the way they were talking made it sound like the host kind of had watched some of Geert's stuff, but the other doctor he was that he was asking about, he was describing it to him and the other doctor hadn't really heard any of it. So what I was going to say is if the other guy wasn't a doctor, he didn't explain it very well to the other guy who may not have actually even well, scene you yeah. see what i'm saying well, so I, like, I don't know how much the well, yeah, the, the and the only reason i, I yeah. know he was a doctor i think dell mentioned it and then when he's oh, when, okay. when he came up on screen it it had md oh, and, really? and gave his name so but there again i i think i don't think he as a doctor has listened because he didn't even pronounce van and Bosch's name like i hear it all the time he, right. Yeah, he did yeah. geared to Vandenbashi or something like that. I, something so weird. I'm but like, so I th- hear these guys are, you know, they 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 hear something, yeah, and and they tr- try to regurgitate it, and and it's just <laughs> what they've heard. And folks, that's the difference. Yeah, that is yeah. the difference right there. You know, he's turning over pebbles. Which, which, you know, are, are premeditated ignorance or just repeating stuff that he's not even researched it. We're turning over boulders here to find the absolute truth. And I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest difference because, yeah. you know, and that's sad. That's, that's that sad that actual doctors very, very. and, you know, let's face it, they've got platforms too. And I would hope that they at some point would want to know the truth. Now I'm I'm not criticizing those. We heard a small clip. Right. Maybe listen to a little bit more. Maybe they're sincere about but he basically and, said yeah, he mentioned so the yeah. best thing to do is just get vaccinated. Now yeah, that yeah. that I have a problem yeah, with. I, that statement. Uh-huh. So yes. Anyway, all right. So this is a wrap on this one. Uh good stuff. All right. Well let's wrap this one up, Ben. Let's have a word of prayer as we close out. Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for this opportunity. You've given us this platform. And boy, dear Father, there's times that that we really need your Holy Spirit to kind of cover us and calm us down and help us to see the waters calm instead of so, so turbulent. But we're living in turbulence, it appears, so, Lord, our prayer is that you be with all of those uh, that are listening, uh, Dr. Geert Vandenbosch and, and uh, Del Bigtree. These, these gentlemen are standing up, uh, getting truth out. We ask for special care and protection and blessings on them. And once again, Lord, if, if there's anything that is keeping us separated from you, the the worldly things from the heavenly. Please show us because our desire is to be more like you. 
And as we close this one out, may every intent of our thought be pure. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.